Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. You're listening to the Laugh Button Podcast on the Riotcast Network, Riotcast.com. Hey everyone, this is Mark Says Hi from TheLaughButton.com. Welcome to another episode of the Laugh Button Podcast right here on the Riotcast Network. Now normally I'm joined by Matt, but uh, he's not here this episode because he's spending a little extra time with his vocal coach. Uh, word on the street is he's he's working on his Sinbad impression. He wants to tighten it up for you, so uh, maybe he'll unleash that next episode. We'll have to wait and see. But in the meantime, I'll be flying solo Going to deliver you some comedy news and hot topics in said world of comedy. And uh, also, uh, someone decided to tap my phone recently. I'll play for you a conversation between myself and uh, comedian Matt Bronger. He's got a new special coming out on Comedy Central this Friday called Big Dumb Animal. And I'll let you in on that conversation in just a bit. But up first, some comedy news. This is pretty exciting, especially if you're into musical comedy. There's a new epic comedy music benefit album called 2776. They just released two brand new music videos. They star some incredible talent, including J.K. Simmons, who just recently hosted Saturday Night Live. He, of course, is a Golden Globe and SAG Award winner for Whiplash. If you haven't seen Whiplash yet, you got to see that. If you're a drummer, do it. Bring your Band-Aids. It's awesome. R.E.M.'s Mike Mills is a part of this. Epic Rap Battles star Zach Sherwin a.k.a. MC Mr. Napkins. Maybe you know him that way. The Sklar Brothers are involved. Michael Ian Black, Dion Cole from Conan, the legendary Andy Kindler. They're all in the mix here. All the money goes to One Kid, One World to promote education in Kenya and El Salvador. And these are just a few names. There's 80, actually, 80 award-winning performers. The ones I previously mentioned, I could go on. Patton Oswalt, Amy Mann, Yola Tango, Reggie Watts, Nico Case, Andrew W.K., Will Arnett, Martha Plimpton, Ed Helms, Kids in the Hall. I'm going to stop there. But uh, it's available to buy on iTunes right now. Just look up 2776. iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, and go on YouTube and uh, look up 2776. And you'll see two videos released. I don't want to spoil it for you. Uh, One, J.K. Simmons playing some basketball. And uh, the other one, Mike Mills in a recording studio while some guys are rapping. I'll just leave it at that. Kudos to them. Raising money. Good efforts. Uh, Up next, the Limestone Comedy Festival is back. It's back for its third installment, June 4th through the 6th of 2015 AD. Already announced Michael Che from SNL Weekend Update. Kyle Kinane, the voice of Comedy Central. Maybe some and funny people at the very end. Uh, Hari Kundabulu. From Totally Bias with W. Kamau Bell and his own Comedy Central Presents. It only took me like seven years to learn how to pronounce that guy's name. And uh, Chad Daniels, also from Conan and his own Comedy Central Presents. They've all been announced as headliners so far. And what they're doing is pretty cool the Limestone Comedy Festival. Uh, every week, they'll announce a new headliner or podcast 
all the way through mid-March via their Leak of the Week program. I'm not going to lie, I feel a little uncomfortable saying Leak of the Week, but uh, that's what it is. And that's how you're going to get the new information of who's going to be performing at the Limestone Comedy Festival. And uh, also in the news, Dick Gregory, legendary comedian Dick Gregory and civil rights activist, was finally presented a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame this past week. Uh, Pretty big news. It's the 2,000th 542nd star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So Dick Gregory, for you youngsters that don't know, super legendary in the world of comedy. Uh, This guy attributes the launch of his career to the famed Playboy magazine founder Hugh Hefner, who hired him to work at the Chicago Playboy Club. 1963, he was one of the highest paid entertainers in the world. And among his countless career highlights include being honored with special tributes by Coretta Scott King, Stevie Wonder, Isaac Hayes, Cicely Tyson, the Kennedy. This is all at the Kennedy Center back in 2000. Not bad. Oh, by the way, uh, he's appeared in numerous films. He wrote 14 books and completed 15 comedy albums. So you knew comics coming up. Uh, start stretching. He's also known for a lot of uh, political commentary. And uh, the coolest thing is he was listed as number 82 on the Comedy Central Network's list of 100 greatest stand-ups of all time. It's pretty killer. So Dick Gregory, congratulations on the Hollywood Walk of Fame this past Monday. Thank you for all the influence over the years. All right, also in comedy news, Aziz Ansari, live at Madison Square Garden, is coming to Netflix March 6th. That's right, March 6th. Mark your calendar. Aziz Ansari sold out Madison Square Garden, filmed it, and now he's putting it on Netflix. So if you couldn't make it there, here's your chance to witness what went down. Topics covered throughout this show include the struggle of American immigrants, the food industry, uh, he talks about relationships, and gender inequality. Aziz Ansari, live at Madison Square Garden, Netflix, March 6th. Also streaming right now and for the entire month, actually, is Hannibal Burris live from Chicago. That's his latest special. Hannibal Burris, man. I, I wrote an article on thelaughbutton.com recently about a particular show I was lucky enough to be a part of when I first moved here to New York City. I went to the basement of a place called Julepie. It's a bar in the Lower East Side of Manhattan here. And down in this basement... I don't know, you could fit maybe 10, 15 people tops, and that includes the performers. Uh, my friends came and asked, said, hey, can you do the show? I said, sure, why not? These three very funny ladies, uh, they went by the brothel. They were like a sketch comedy troupe. And I went there and performed there that night, did some musical comedy. And on that bill was myself, the brothel, uh, Craig Baldo, who has warmed up the Daily Show, Colbert Report. He was a finalist on Last Comic Standing. And uh, he's doing well for himself. And, of course, Hannibal Burris, who I met there that night for the very first time. Now, he started in Chicago back in 2002, but he used to travel a lot between Chicago and New York doing shows. And I just happened to be on the same bill as him that night. And this must be back in 2004. This is about 10 years ago. And he was a really cool dude. He just came up and said, man, I really dug your music. It was funny. So I thought you were funny also. He goes, hey, man, I got this DVD. You can buy it. Five bucks. And I was like, I don't have any money but I got the CD, you can buy it for five bucks. 
and then I can give you the $5 and buy your DVD. So we just traded uh, CD for DVD, like we were at the lunch table in second grade, and I still have that DVD. It sits on my shelf of memories. But looking back at that night, it just tells you any night, any venue, at any particular moment, you could be doing a show with someone that's going to go on to great success. And pretty much everybody on that bill has done well for themselves. You get to reap the benefits. Hannibal Burris live at Chicago. It's free all month long right now. Watch it and then high five yourself. All right, that's going to do it for Comedy News. Here's my conversation with Matt Bronger right here on the Laugh Button Podcast in celebration of Big Dumb Animal. Premieres in Comedy Central, Friday, February 6th, 12 a.m., 11 Central. All right, so I'm joined right now by Matt Bronger, and uh, this is all in celebration of his brand new Comedy Central, um, let's call it a situation called Big Dumb Animal, uh, <laughs> because I, I need it explained to me. A big dumb animal, is that describing you, somebody else, or just a fascination with a, an old childhood poster you had in your room, and you're like, hey, you know what, I'm just going to name it that. No one will know, but they'll all ask. No, you know, this is like uh, one of the first times I've actually, actually, you know, uh, first, actually maybe the first time I've done a special and or an album where the title actually meant something. Like, it is, it's me. I'm talking about me uh, and how I've kind of, you know, had, a, had an interesting life and a good life so far, but just the, the amount of stuff uh, I've done that's been stupid and, uh, you know, uh, um, and also just kind of making fun of my size uh, my persona and just kind of where I'm at in my life, but just kind of, you know, I just, it comes down to kind of having a sense of humor about yourself. Really? I mean, so right. the night now, was just like, to me, kind of a funny, like, like, Oh, that'd be a great shitty rock album title. And then shovel fighter was just named after one of the jokes on the album. Um, but it wasn't as cohesive. Like this one has a bit of a, not exactly an arc, but it's kind of, it's a little bit more self-aware, I guess. So, yeah. So it's me. Short answer: I am the big dumb animal. <laughs> well, I'm glad. Uh, one, I'm glad that was explained. Two, uh, I'm glad you brought up "Soak Up the Night" because I just recently took a glance at that album cover, and uh, I was that a perm? Was that natural? Uh, that oh, that's natural. Going on? Yeah, yeah, that's natural. Yep. I kind of wish I would. That'd be my, that was the actual answer. Yes, I used to get perm. Like I wish I was that that crazy guy who would actually get perm. That'd be amazing. Do you, do you remember any um, uh, let's let's call them special haircuts that maybe your classmates had growing up? I I remember uh, distinctly when I was let's say I want to say fifth grade. There was an eighth grader that made it pretty clear he was a fan of Vanilla Ice and mm, put yeah. it on display and had this the steps and the line and the fade the whole nine. Uh, were yeah. there some classic cuts back in the day for for not only you but maybe some classmates? I never had too crazy of a haircut, uh, but I do remember uh, there were there were those times. Uh, I remember going to see uh, Do the Right Thing and being like, "Oh, I should just cut like a little line in my head, like a little one, you know?" Because uh, uh, Spike Lee's character had a little, just a little right at the crown of his head, and then I, then I, I, I thankfully talked myself out of it. But I, I had a lot of friends that had, I had a friend that had, um, you know, uh, kind of curly hair on top. And the sides were sh and back were shaved and patterns were written into it. And then at the bottom, he had like mullet hairs. So it was like <laughs> hair, then nothing, and, and like, you know, lines and shit, and then words, and then the bottom, 
just these mullet hairs coming down. It was something, it was really something else. I, I'm still friends with him. I saw him for the first time in a couple of years, just over to Christmas, and I, you know, I think we were still razzing him about that hair. Now he's, you know, <laughs> husband and father. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Uh, you know, much to your demise, you know, he started a wig factory and uh, sells wigs based off that haircut and has uh, made millions alone. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's a, he's a, he's a, a tycoon of that sort of wig. Absolutely. Back to Big Dumb Animal, uh, February 6th on Comedy Central, your new special. Right. Congratulations again, man. And, oh, thank uh, you. you. You mentioned your size. How would you describe your size? Um, let's not use dimensions, but let's, let's place you in different places uh, in the global compass. For instance, if I were standing behind you at a concert, would I be enjoying the concert or would I be frustrated? No, you'd be frustrated. I, I learned a long time ago to play the back. Like if I go see a live show, I always go stand, you know, near the wall or near the bar because I can see fine and I don't need to, you know, get up close to the to the edge. And, and if I'm doing that, anytime I see someone my height or size it, at the front of the, like the at the front of a show, I'm just like, come on, man, like just move your big Easter Island head back here where mine is. And that you know, like if this is, it's not fair to anybody. It's a, it's a little bit, it's just a little selfish. And and I, I mean, at the same time, I was never one of those people who wanted to go up front and touch the band or anything like that. You know, to me, that's kind of groovyish. <laughs> that sounds like your next album title: "Touch the Band." Touch the <laughs> touch the band with my Easter Island head, and then we have a shot of me just leaning <laughs> my my head on a guitarist's like like foot. As he's soloing right. while like while he's on the stage, like I'm just resting like <laughs> his pillow. Matt, what uh, what topics are we tackling here with this latest special, Big Dumb Animal? And oh, uh, in addition to that, how has your process changed about how you write for these things now that you have you know more than one here in the bag? Well, it's it's uh, it's it, I I've all you know my my mo has not changed. I just I think of and write down things I think are funny and develop them on stage. My only thing uh, over the over uh, last year was I got a really great note at the beginning of the year uh, uh, from a guy I've worked with several times who was just like, you know, he's like, you're really, really funny, but sometimes I watch your act and I don't get exactly who you are. And I was like, oh, interesting. So I started just plumbing my past and, uh, you know, my, my, my present state and just kind of just talking more, more, more personally, if that makes any sense. Um, and and but it's at the same time, you know, I don't want to write a one man show. I don't want to do anything that's just too, uh, uh, I don't know, you know, pouring my heart out and it's not funny. Like it's got it's got to be funny, is 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 the, is the thing. But I just turned it a little bit more uh, inward, I think, and and uh, told some more stories and things. And it's, it's kind of just like a snapshot in my life where I am right now. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code POD. That's ShipStation.com with the code POD. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, I think you're in a pretty good place. I just saw you at the uh, PodFest in New York City, and you debuted your podcast, Ding Donger, with Matt Bronger, which, by the way, anytime I hear your name or Ding Donger, I get frustrated if I don't instantly hear the theme song. So (laughs) kudos to whoever put that together, because when I heard that for the first time, I was quite jealous of of that tune. (laughs) That's uh, that's uh, my friend Ben Wise. Uh, he also did the theme song for uh, Shovel Fighter and the theme song for Big Dumb Animal. He's a musician friend of mine. You debuted Ding Donger for the first time, and you know, not unlike stand-up and what you do uh, doing your stand-up, you're up there alone, it's just you with the mic in front of people, and it's somehow a different setting when it's a part of a podcast festival or a live podcast taping. So... What were you thinking when you were going to debut this at, at the New York City Podcast this year, and, and how were you going to change things uh, up because you were basically, you know, you're more remote, I'd say, because usually you're on the road, you're traveling, you're telling us the stories, but uh, what was this environment like for you versus how you normally do it? Well, it's, uh, you know, I've been doing the podcast about a year, uh, and, and, it, and it, but this is the first time that I got a chance to do it live, uh, and I, I, just, I just had certain topics written down, but I knew a lot of it was just going to be kind of like seat in my pants kind of thing. I thought there would maybe be a desk or, or something for me to sit behind, but just a stool is fine too. Uh, it was a little bit weird. It was one of those things of like, yeah, what is the difference between stand-up and this? And I think the difference was I could pretty much say anything I want and then just try to find uh, the humor in it, you know? Uh, the, whole, the whole theme of the podcast is I'm hitchhiking. Like, I... I I listen to podcasts so that I can, you know, to, to keep myself company when I'm on the road and stuff. And so I feel like, yeah, like just for the listener, it's a half an hour of me, you know, jumping into their car or their phone or however they listen to podcasts. And then after half an hour, I just jump the hell out um, and hopefully entertain them in that, in that small window. So it was, I didn't feel a great deal of pressure because it is only a half an hour. uh, But at the same time, I have I have such a complex about not wasting anyone's time when I'm on stage or uh, performing or anything like that. Uh, and I think that's a good thing, but that's also a bad thing. Because sometimes you tend to rush. You tend to um, not uh, let, the, let the moment breathe enough. Um, and so, anyway, with a, with a podcast, I feel like I'm, I'm learning to do that more, if that makes any sense. And also, I think if I remember correctly, you had, a, you had some family members in the crowd. And did that bring you back to maybe when you very first started doing stand-up comedy and you had to drag your friends out and your family (laughs) to come see you and and what that's like versus, you know, hundreds of of faceless people in the crowd? Yeah. You know, I didn't think of that. It actually was, uh, it's not technically family. We grew up together like we were. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's funny that it, it, that is kind of a throwback to those days. Um, I, I was more often than not the the opposite. I would just be like, no, just don't go. Don't go. You know, it's, <laughs> right. it's not going to go well. Uh, but, 
because I did, uh, I think the very first set I ever did, I killed because I had a lot of friends in the audience. And you, that's the worst thing that can happen to you as a comedian because then you're just like, oh, this is easy. And then when you eat it, it hurts that much more. So you're like, oh, man, I do suck. Just like everyone else when they start out. Um, I think that's, it's, <laughs> it's not as healthy to have a lot of people who care about you in the audience. Um, but uh, that said, no, it was, it was cool to have her and her husband there. It was fun. So you have plenty of credits, man. We could talk about Mad TV up all night, happy endings, even at midnight, which is a blast to watch, and I can only assume even more fun to be a part of. Uh, yeah. Is there one credit, though, that no one ever talks about that's sort of a, a diamond in the rough or something you're real proud of that never gets mentioned or, or you learned a lot from it and uh, it helped you out in your career? You know, it's, it's weird because you never really know what people have seen or haven't seen. Like, for example, I mean, I, one of my first – when I first came out of, out of L.A., I did a bunch of commercials. And then when I got uh, – when I did Letterman, I just stopped doing them completely because from then I could just do the road and make a living. I'd be a lot richer, I'll tell you what, if I was still doing commercials. But I just didn't want to <laughs> do them anymore. Uh, but other than that, you know, I've just done a – I just done a lot of – mostly a lot of – with the exception of Up All Night and, uh, and, and Matt TV, I just a lot of guest roles that are really random – like every Halloween, they air the iCarly I was in from 2007. And I'll get people, and this is when I had that long curly hair, and I'll get people tweeting at me like, is that you? And I'm like, you know, 20 pounds heavier than I am now. And, um, or, uh, you know, I was, I, was a, I was a dead body, came back to life on Pushing Daisies. I was hanging on a meat hook, I think. Um, uh, one, one I will say is, is I had a, just a fun time doing the scene was in a, a short film called Successful Alcoholics with uh, that T.J. Miller and Jordan Volt Roberts did that went to uh, Sundance. And I went to Sundance with it. And, I, you know, I think my role was just like patrol cop. But I had this really fun scene with T.J. where we just, we just improvised, uh, you know, me pulling him over for a DUI and him like finally talking me out of it. But it was so much fun just stand there with a helmet under my arm and just yell at TJ and just go back and forth. <laughs> uh, that it, that, that's, it not, didn't necessarily change my life, but I, I just love that the f- fact that I, I only had one line and Jordan, God bless him, would not, like, I really wanted to leave. After, and he's like, he would not let me leave. He's like, you guys have to improv. And I'm just like, all right. And it came out fun. So I, I kind of I just have this, this smattering of, uh, 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 of, of little guest roles that have just been, you know, uh, a lot of fun. So when you watch TV now, then do you see commercials and say, "Ah, oh, man, I would have slayed that. I would have slayed <laughs> that role." No, no, because I'm never. The only thing you, you get jealous over or look at commercials is the money. Uh, it's right. Not, because it, I mean, it, look, if if someone's uh, really funny in a commercial, I feel like that's uh, almost as much a commercial for them as it is for the product. Uh, but at the same time, you can you can you can definitely pigeonhole yourself, and, and and that's only the only thing you're thought of for doing. You know, I, I just I'm not knocking anyone who does commercials. I just didn't want to do them anymore. It, you know, if, if something comes along that I think is hilarious, I think about it. But yeah, no, I never I never watch a commercial and go, oh, I would have been I would have been such a funnier, stupid husband in that Home Depot than that guy. <laughs> you know, I would have been such a such a better bumbling father, you know, because that's all, that's the only thing you would, 
that you'd go in for. It's just like it'd be me and a bunch of other guys my age and, you know, ah, set the laundry on fire again, honey. You know, just the same dumb jokes. Did you make a lot of acquaintances seeing the same people, you know, auditioning for the same things all the time? Like, was there always that guy that was there? It was like, oh, hey, Pete, what's up, man? How you doing? Yeah, yeah, sometimes. And, I, I mean, that's that's true now as well. I'll go in for a lot of parts and see the same guys. Um, and it's actually, it's, it's you know, I'd rather that than, than just a bunch of people scowling at each other, um, which is what you find when you first start out. I remember, you know, watching people's kids when they go in sometimes, you know, like, like my, I think my, yeah, my friend Bill had his baby, like his daughter with him. It was maybe like a year old. And he's like, oh, I'm going in. I'm like, oh, I'll watch her. So I'm just playing with this kid. Well, <laughs> you know, it's like, that's the most extreme example I can think of. of like seeing the same people, you know, but, <laughs> Hey, if they trust you with their kid, right. You, you've at least yeah. seen them hey. twice. Yeah, well, and this is, this is a guy twice. I've, I've known since the improv days back in Chicago in the like late nineties. So, you know, you of course were one of the co-founders of the Bridgetown comedy festival, which, you know, in the circles of comedy, a very respected festival. Everyone loves this festival. It has a different vibe, a unique vibe. Um, has it turned into what you set out to do? Did it sort of take on a mind of its own? You know, where are you at in the thought process when you take a step back and say, hey, I, I made that. You know, it's like a baby, right? Yeah. No, I'm very proud of it. Uh, it, 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 it we've definitely, um, I really believe, have achieved what we wanted to achieve, which is, you know, get comedians that people that'll get asses in seats that people want to go see, and then uh, then break young comedians that have never done a festival, uh, and 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 have them have them give them that that level of exposure, and and they get to go to a different town or you know just feel 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 accepted and feel like part of a community and feel like sure their 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 careers are going forward in some way uh, that all the all the uh, the nights of uh of soul crushing sadness that open mic uh was not wasted. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> right, right. and it's and it, it it's it's one of those things now where I mean a lot of people think we should be a lot bigger than we are and have a lot larger people and bigger sponsors and all and everything, but you know, we're kind of skirting the skirting the line where we're you know, bigger than most grassroots festivals, but we I like I don't ever really want us to necessarily be like you know, a just for laughs or um, one of those festivals that you go and it's nothing but extremely famous people. Uh, Mostly because we just don't, we don't have that kind of money. Uh, And, and, you know, uh, when it comes down to expenses, it's not, it's not a big, it's not a big moneymaker and stuff. It's more of something we wanted to do it uh, because we, because we loved it. So, but to answer your question, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's, about exactly what, at least speaking for myself, what I would want it to be. It's and it just evolves every year. It's just a, you know, it's, a, it's there's always new headaches, there's always new uh, uh, problems, and, and always little interesting conundrums. And but it is a lot of fun to also watch all these tapes and you know be like, oh, have you seen so and so? Have you seen so and so? Or uh, every once in a while, being like, oh, should we try for this massive name? And every once in a while, they're like, yeah, sure. I mean, the thing is, most people I ask, they definitely want to do it. They just, uh, there's always either a conflict or they can't uh, burn the area, you know? Right. Because uh, Portland's yeah. such a massive market. Um, 
but it's never, you know, it's, it's, it's never a question of uh, necessarily like, oh, you can't afford me or whatever. Cause it's kind of, you know, and, and it, on the other hand, I understand where people are coming from. They don't, you know, I, I, I don't want to be that guy who's like, oh, cut, cut us a deal because we're fun. You know, everyone has to make a living and stuff. But at the same time, <laughs> we're not making a living off of this festival. So it's, you know, sometimes it's... Yeah, drive people to, don't seem to understand that, right? That's the that's the one thing people... Oh, you have a festival? You must be a good billionaire. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and then, I mean, there are also people who start festivals, but they don't understand or help run them, but they don't understand that if, like, me or, you know, another comedian plays that festival, uh, we can't play the local comedy club and make a living near the festival, you know, for six months to a year. So uh, we, we definitely we definitely keep that in mind. But I think with the, with everyone doing mostly short sets, I don't think, you know, the Portland comedy clubs usually care about bringing people back soon thereafter or before. All right, Matt, we'll send it out on this. Um, and again, congratulations. Big dumb Oh, dude, thanks, man. Yeah, February 6th on Comedy Central. Very excited for this thing to uh, get on the air so everyone can witness it with their eyeballs as opposed to the way we did it, which was live in person. Uh, huh. I, I will I will send, uh, send you out on this. If you could create your own show of comedians live or dead uh, with an opener, a feature, a closer, and a host, what would the lineup be? Oh, my God. Okay. Let's see. Oh, God damn it. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and have Jonathan Winters host. Nice. We can, just, we can just roll with anything, and obviously we let him do as much time as he wants up top and in between. What the hell? Um, uh, I would do – I would have uh, Brian Regan. I would have uh, – can I have two features? Sure, why not? Two features. Okay. Brian Regan and Lily Tomlin. And then, wow, nice. uh, then Richard Pryor in his prime for for the – for the for the for the for the headlining set. Now, are you sneaking in on that show? Are you going to slip yourself five minutes, or are you going to no? Just sit I'm going to watch. watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, I right. almost said I'd host, and I was like, "No, go fuck yourself." No, I'm not going <laughs> to. That was my conversation with Matt Bronger in celebration of his brand new Comedy Central special, premiering this Friday, February sixth, twelve midnight, eleven central, called Big Dumb Animal. Check him out, mattbronger.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Bronger. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Laugh Button Podcast right here on the Riotcast. Join the Riot. Go to riotcast.com and subscribe to our podcast. And for all the latest in comedy news, interviews, and reviews, check out thelaughbutton.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Laugh Button. Until next time. I was a fiend before I became a teen. Something, something when hip-hop was originated. (laughs) 